The following is a Geek Out Loud special edition podcast. The love that was given me, and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion of this hard time. If you smell what the rock is cooking, time to play the game! <laughs> you have any idea where you are? You're in the jungle, baby! This is WCW! I'm gonna pick you up, I'm gonna drop you baby on your head, and scarf you a deathlock, does that get you pumped up? Well, you know something, brother? Now be the man! You gotta beat the man! And I'm saying, who? I'm the man. And what you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania run wall on you? Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to a very special uh geek out loud this is a special edition because not often do things happen anymore that just get me so excited um that i just want to podcast about it that i've got to get online and just and and get something put out there about it but last night uh as of this recording last night was one of those nights and uh it was it was wrestlemania time and if you're a wrestling fan uh it's always a big deal uh, if you're not a wrestling if you're not a wrestling fan, then you can just kind of delete this podcast and go on about your merry life. But I am I'm excited today because we've got a longtime friend of the show and a, and a good friend of mine on who hasn't been on in a long while. This is the man who is responsible for getting me into Doctor Who. This is the man who our last time we talked wrestling on the podcast was with us, ladies and gentlemen, the host of the former Vortex podcast and dear friend. Dave Jones. Dave, thanks for being with us. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> You've been what? waiting since last night to pull that out. <laughs> I have, man. I was planning something all day like that. <laughs> I was going to come in with the Vince voice and be like, well, you know, I'm... You're fired. Yeah, you're fired, Steve Clarkson. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince always it's... had Vince always had such a... Um, whenever he would... He, he like... The, the the gulp that he did when he'd be scared or when someone would mm-hmm. surprise him, the over-exaggerated gulp, like he's a cartoon character or something. Yes. <laughs> like a comic book come to life. Yes. I mean, it, was, it was totally over the top, but it like worked for the era. Yes. Yeah, that always tripped me out. He was, he was a... He's a trip, and Vince McMahon, a consummate showman, always always ready to uh, put on a show for the masses. Yeah, always. As always. they say, the, the, and that word was masses. Dave, we talked last night um, after WrestleMania for a good little bit because we were both so uh, stoked about WrestleMania 20, was it 28? 28, 28. yes, sir. Um, and, uh, and, and do you think, well, before we get into all this, I just need to remind everyone, it is April, it's Autism Awareness Month. At the time we're recording this, it's World Autism Awareness Day. And uh, we're trying to help our good friend of the show, Kim Jordan, raise money. Uh, she Every year she walks in the Walk Now for Autism Speaks uh, event in her area. And this year her goal is to raise $2,000. And she is at, uh, at uh, 
um, I forget what it is. I think she needs just a few hundred dollars more to go. And so what we're saying is head over to tinyurl.com, tinyurl.com forward slash KK Jordan and, uh, and donate to her page. Let's, you know, we are the greatest the geek out loud. You guys are the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. I've said it ever since, uh, basically way back in the early days of the show. And one of the ways that we can really be a great audience and great friends to each other is to help each other when we have these kind of things go on. And Kim's always been such a big supporter of the show. So we want to help her, uh, any way we can. So head over to tinyurl.com forward slash KK Jordan and, uh, and, and donate now. I think there's a minimum donation online of $20, but you can send in donations and there's instructions there how to do that if you can't do the 20 Now, to WrestleMania. No snippets, no emails, so if you're not a wrestling fan, you're not going to miss any of that if you don't want to listen to this, but I think you're about to... I think Dave and I, between the two of us today, we can get you into wrestling if you're not already. I think so. I mean, it's it's a good jumping on point. It really... <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because that's so inside to the defunct yeah, Skynex podcast. Um, but uh, we, you know, we, last year at WrestleMania 28. Seven. 27, because this was 28 this year. Last year at right. 27. Um, it was in Atlanta. For all intents and purposes, for Georgia boys like us, it really should have been a big deal and should have been um, just a spectacular event. Uh, I guess to be there is awesome. And you were there. I mean, you're able to say that you were at a WrestleMania. I had some friends that were there. I didn't go. It was right in the middle of just having a bunch of junk going in my life. And, um, and, and maybe that tainted my view of it. But the show itself was kind of lackluster last year. Yeah, I'm going to say since, I guess, 11. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's good matches here and there. Mm-hmm. But the two are just kind of stand out as not that great. It's not the best WrestleManias ever. Right, and the thing about yeah. WrestleMania is WrestleMania is a high. I mean, let's face it: from the very first one, Vince McMahon set a very high bar for what is expected at a WrestleMania event. He did, yeah. And it's like last year, the pacing was off, and yeah, yeah. just everything seemed kind of weird last year. Nothing seemed to flow. Um, backstage, the, uh, the backstage kits were like, you know, yeah. I mean, they weren't very good, so. Well, the whole the whole product last year seemed kind of rushed. You know, it, it seemed like um, it seemed like they didn't really know what the whole card was going to be. And for those of you who don't understand that language, card is the schedule of matches or the or the matches and that sort of thing as they're set up. Uh, they didn't know what the whole card was going to be until maybe a week before. It felt like in some instances. Yep. Um, the the standout match of WrestleMania 27, I believe, was the Undertaker Triple H match. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Um, Big time. You know, and uh, Undertaker was taken out on a stretcher out of that match, uh, even though he won the match. And that built up to a story this year for Undertaker and Triple H to have yet another incredible match, uh, this time in Hell in a Cell. But we'll we'll get there to talk about that. From the outset of this WrestleMania, Dave, just even, I mean, the minute, uh, the minute it comes on and you see the huge set there down at uh, Dolphins Stadium, whatever it is called now, um, in Miami, it just, there was a whole different feel about it. It, it was, it, yeah. You know, was and exciting. I don't know if it was that it was outside and it just, you know, and it, so it was able to, it looked bigger, it looked brighter, it just looked, you know, it, it just, there was a feel, there was a look to it that was just so much better. And Lillian Garcia singing America the Beautiful. 
Oh, that was great. She did a fantastic job. And I've got, I'll admit, I've got a bit of a crush on Lillian Garcia anyway. <laughs> Stand in so, line. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's right. Wait, I forgot this thing about you. You don't mind letting us know who you think is fine. Well, um, the joke is that my wife thinks it's ridiculous because it is. I mean, she she calls me, uh-huh, okay, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a, it's not something where she's getting jealous or anything, so it's just kind of a joke. Right. Because <laughs> obviously, Lily Garcia, even if I was single, would not look my way twice, so. Oh, come on. Hey, I'm just saying, man. You gotta, you gotta be kidding me. I'm a realist. Come on. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, Lillian. Yeah. Um, I'm glad she's back, by the way. She does a really good job, so. She really does. She um she has a she has a presence about her in the ring and she does their ring announcing. She's not she's not one of the regular divas or anything. She does she's the ring announcer and she does a a phenomenal job of of that. I always like the way she goes Triple H. Mhm. But um but she's come back to SmackDown, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So um but yeah, right from the get-go, it was a big deal. Of course, leading up, I mean, this was the first time in my history as a wrestling fan, I can remember a match being set a year before it actually took place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, for me, too. I mean, I remember last year thinking, I guess it was the night after Mania they set it. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember thinking, wow, they're going to build this for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they did and they didn't, but they did. I mean, so it it worked. It was always at the back of your mind. Yeah, exactly. When you watched wrestling, when you saw John Cena... When Cena went through the different things that he had to go through with Kane or whoever, it was always, you know, CM Punk, it was always in the back of your mind um, that Cena has the rock coming down the pipe. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and let's be honest, that was the big draw for WrestleMania last year was the fact that the rock was going to be there. And uh, I still remember the night watching because there'd been all these rumors swirling around about, you know, because Vince had come out the week before to make an announcement. And the, or not the week before WrestleMania, but the week before The Rock showed up on Raw. And the announcement was that next week there'll be an announcement. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> next week we're going to announce who the host is going to be. So for a whole week, you know, fa- and, and wrestling fandom is just like any other fandom, whether it be Star Wars fandom, Doctor Who fandom, you know, people who are geeks about wrestling dig out every little piece of information they can. And so, you know, and he was like, there's going to be a host for WrestleMania and it's going to be a great host, you know, that we need a big name and that sort of thing. And so Justin B, I remember Justin Bieber was tossed around. Oh my gosh, um, yes. There was a, a, a female vocalist and I can't remember who, oh, Lady Gaga, I think was tossed around. <laughs> yeah. um, just all these different people were just kind of tossed around as being the hosts for WrestleMania 27. And... I remember that night, man, there was a limo pull up and they showed a lady get out of the limo. You just saw the legs and the heels get out and kind of walk. And they're like, that must be it. That must be it. And then as we got to the end of the show, uh, all the lights go out. You know, there's this electrical thing starting. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I remember I was sitting there thinking, they're really going to try to shove this person down our throats, be it Lady Gaga, be it Bieber, be it whoever, you know, because they really, they got me with the legs. I'm like, who is the woman they're saying is going to host, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Cindy Lauper, it might have been. You, you never know. Um, and and when wow, his, that would have been interesting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
since, since she was like part of the original WrestleMania. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't even <laughs> talk about that, Steve. Mm. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, if you smell what the rock, and the place just erupted. I oh, mean, yeah. it was, and I erupted. I came up out of my big comfortable chair and was just like, oh, my Atlanta, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he came out and talked for 30 minutes. And, um, and it was classic rock. And, you know, then he began to cut a promo on John Cena. And, it, and that's really where things began, you know, because they went back and forth for a couple of weeks leading up to WrestleMania. And then right. after WrestleMania set the match. So that was the big draw this year for WrestleMania 28 was, was The Rock versus Cena. And, and that's a risky thing to do in the wrestling business. Well, that and they had the thing from last year where Rock, I mean, basically, I'm going to lay it out, he cost Cena the title. At the end yeah, of May. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I didn't really, I couldn't make sense out of it. I was like, why would The Rock do that? You know, like, why wouldn't he just, but I, you know, they let it play out over a year, and I guess it kind of works. It just at the time, I didn't know if they were turning Rock heel or what, you know. Right. And, heel, and for heel you guys, heel yes. is a bad guy. <laughs> right. Heel means bad guy. And, and, and understand that when we talk about why would The Rock do this, we know that. All this stuff is scripted. You know, we know yes. that there's storylines. We know that when it comes to the way these guys interact and, and stuff on screen, that it's a story. Um, but you've got to suspend disbelief, and sometimes you just got to talk about it like it's real. You know, well, it's just like a show, right? I mean, yeah, like yeah. Smallville or um, Person of Interest or you know whatever you watch. It's you know you talk about the characters and their you know motivations and that kind of thing and that's all it is yeah that's a great point is is you really do you start you know you're talking about these characters and you're talking about what their motivations are and why they're doing it you know because if you start getting into the whole thing of well why are the writers doing this why are the you know why is but what's the behind the scenes mentality then it starts to be a little less fun yeah you know then you get into uh internet what what they call marks you know kind of kind of stuff where where people are more they're trying to be smart fans you know right. and and they start talking more about the business than the product uh, you know that is that is produced but um but yeah so they had this whole year thing you know leading up and you, of course you know it's going to be the last match it's Cena versus Rock they're saying once in a lifetime you know this is this is a big icon from the 90s and, and into the early 2000s versus the man who is the top dog at WWE right now, John Cena. Um, and for better or for worse, you know, some people don't like Cena, some people do. I, I tend to enjoy Cena, and, and when they let Cena cut loose and just get passionate in his promos, he can get anybody fired up. Yeah. You know, I, I take you back to he had an I Quit match with Randy Orton several years ago, and his whole thing, and now and it's plastered on his shirts now, never give up. You know, and his whole thing was, I will never quit. And he's, and I mean, he starts sounding like a preacher talking about <laughs> how I will never quit. You can beat me down. You can beat me up. You can throw me around, but I will never quit. And I mean, and I, I was like, this dude knows how to get fired up and cut a promo. It was very yeah. Arn Anderson-esque, you know, because he started real low key and, and, and just got more and more intense as the, as the promo went on. But and that's um, the scene I enjoy. Not yeah, the yeah. other stuff that yeah. we get sometimes. I don't which like isn't the, always his fault, but yeah. it's just, you know. Yeah, I don't like the Dr. Thugonomics necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't like coming out trying to put on a comedy show. Now, when he did his stuff with DX, when they had they had a little thing, and they actually ended up having a three-way match between he and Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Great match, by the uh, way. Yeah, it was. It was. And, uh, and he got to kind of interact with them a little bit. He was really pretty funny. 
you know, and like, cause he started like shilling products with them the way they did and, and stuff. And, right. and so, and so playing off of them, he was funny, but when he goes out there and he's just kind of himself and, or not really himself, but when he goes out there and he tries to be funny, sometimes it falls flat. Um, well, cause it, it kind of goes back to like that middle school, middle school humor. Yeah, the middle the middle school humor. Yeah, school. Yeah, he yeah he does seem to kind of park on that, especially when he goes back to his thugonometry. Um, <laughs> he yeah. he uh, you know he it gets a little vulgar and you know sophomoreish and, and that sort of thing. But, but he uh, wasn't alone in that. I mean, oh, not at all, too, not at all. You know, well, and see, and, I, and do you think that's a that's a whole thing of the rock being a product of the Attitude Era? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, that was, was kind of shock and awe back then. I mean, mm-hmm. that was kind of unheard of to do something you know you wouldn't talk like that mm-hmm. i mean hogan and savage you wouldn't lead up to a match talking like that no no so uh, yeah absolutely i think you're 100 percent on the mark on that so i mean that's that's a carryover from the uh attitude era yeah what they call the attitude era which is that yeah. that era in the late 90s early 2000s where um really it was a reaction to the gritty real stuff or the seemingly real stuff that was going on with wcw the way they'd bring reality in the storylines and stuff. And so what Vince McMahon did to compete was uh, threw a little bit of uh, PG-13 mm. and sometimes even R into, <laughs> yeah. into, his, into his product. But So that was Rock and Cena, the, the build-up to Rock and Cena year long. Um, I want to stop real quick and, and, and ask you this. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania? Me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with three. Okay which is uh, Steamboat Savage, yeah. Hogan Andre. Well, that was the big, that was the big, uh, I don't, you know, I think WrestleMania three really put the event on the map. It did. You yeah. Know, that the first was... two were testing the waters, so mm-hmm, to speak. Mm-hmm. And the like three really hit what it's become. Well, with know? the first, with the first WrestleMania you had in the main event, you had guys who were, you know, you had Piper and Orndorff versus Hogan and Mr. T. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and Piper at the time was the bad guy. You know, he was the, and, you know, and Orndorff with him. And, of course, uh, Randy Orton's father, Cowboy Bob Orton, um, kind of their little sidekick or their friend, too, you know, their buddy. I, he was too good a wrestler, I guess, to call a sidekick. But um, yeah. But then you had Hogan and Mr. T, and they had Snooka, J- Jimmy Superfly Snooka at ringside with them. But that whole match was just this, that whole main event was this weird, uh, just, I don't, I don't know. The smorgasbord of just weird celebrities chaotic, and stars. Yeah. You had, you had Muhammad Ali as a ringside ref, kind of what they call an enforcer referee. You had Liberace as the timekeeper and his little <laughs> crystal bell. You know, and he brought the Rockettes out and they did a little dance number in the ring. You had uh, some baseball guy. I can't think of the guy's name, but he was he'd been the manager of the Yankees for the longest time. And Billy Martin, yeah, was a Billy Martin. Thank you. Was a was a fixture in New York. Of course, they did it at the Square, Madison Square Garden, was the first WrestleMania, and um, it was just to watch that at least that match. You know, and the whole card. I guess everything was real close to the ring, and it just felt like definitely not the production that you get today. Of course, it was the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but then WrestleMania two, they tried to kind of do it in three different locations, you know, and you had, you had like three different main events, but the big main event, I guess, was Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage. Yeah. Um, and then WrestleMania three was just, it captured everyone's imagination. 
Yeah, I did. Because because you had Hogan versus Andre, and that's really what Hogan versus Andre was the draw. That's what got everyone there. But the match that a lot of real hardcore wrestling fans talk about is Savage, Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat mm-hmm. because they stole the show. I mean, I would say that's arguably the best, the best match in WrestleMania history. I mean, as far as a technical standpoint. Yeah, from just, from just the talent in the ring and from, right. putting, on a, from putting on a show talent-wise. It was. It was so good. And right. anytime you get uh, Ricky Steamboat in a match, though, because oh, yeah. Steamboat was one of those guys that he was able to make people look good in the ring with him. But now Steamboat also came out of the NWA. Yeah, working with Flair. Yeah, yeah. Well, and two, in the NWA, when you went territory to territory, if you were a top guy, you had to make whoever you were in the ring look formidable and look good with you. You know what I mean? And and especially if you were the champ, you know, where you did travel to all these different territories, and you had to make that territory's top guy look like they were worthy to be fighting the champion. And, And so Steamboat learned how to work that way. And so when he gets in the ring... You know, and he and Savage go at it. Savage was talented. You know, this was before he he really blew up and got as big as he was later on in his career. Right. You know, and uh, and he was just they were all over the place. And but you know what's funny about that match? To this day, I don't understand the storyline. Like how? Like uh, I, well, I, I know like... that Savage. I like I know what's going on between Steamboat and Savage. Right. I don't understand why George the Animal Steel is out there, and I can never figure out how Miss Elizabeth was ever a bad guy, you know, right. <laughs> early on. Well, she wasn't on. a bad guy. I mean, the whole thing was, like, Randy was, like, this egotist who had this really nice manager. And it was mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, it's kind of something they didn't really do back right, then. Right, right, right. I mean, the manager was kind of a face, and the, the, the uh, wrestler was a heel. Face being good guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, this is the annotated version of uh, Geek Out Loud WrestleMania special. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like because there's some people who are going to keep listening, you know, and they're going to be like, well, "Oh yeah, I, yeah, I just like to listen to these guys." So yeah, you yeah. know, and so you, we don't want you to we don't want you to be confused by the term. So if we hear the term face or baby face, that's a good guy. If you hear the term heel, that's a bad guy. Yes. So like the body parts. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, that was that was a great match. But then Hogan and Andre, because Andre had been a a good guy for so long, the big lovable giant, and then he came out on that Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit was a uh, was a segment that Rowdy Roddy Piper had, where he just interviewed people, and you never knew what was going to happen because Piper was kind of a loose cannon, and um, and and they gave him that because he was so good with a microphone and so engaging with an audience, and uh, and and here comes Andre Hogan was out and. Uh, and and wasn't there one point where like Hogan was like giving him a, a a trophy like a lifetime achievement award of some sort? Yeah, see, I don't know if that was like a Piper's Pit earlier, mm-hmm. and then they came back and did the thing with the cross, or yeah. if that was all the same it day. Wasn't yeah. all, I don't think it was all the same day. I think that you know because Andre disappeared. Yeah, he walked after, off. He walked Hogan off, and then and then he came back out on Piper's Pit. Maybe it was a, a week or two later, but he came out with the most evil manager in the world, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And um, Hogan was like, what are you doing with him? What are you doing with him? And Andre's like, you know what? And, and, and Bobby was like, you don't talk to him. You talk to me. All these years you've known him, and you've never given him a title shot. And he's like, if you want a shot, all you had to do is ask, you know? And, and Andre just rips Hogan's shirt, rips the cross off from around his neck, and throws it down. He's like, you're going to fight me, you know? And, you know, I want, a, I want a shot at the belt. 
And and Piper's like, "What do you say, Hogan? What do you say?" And Hogan just looks out, "Yes." Yeah. And uh, and it was off and running. I mean, that was WrestleMania three because this was Andre the Giant, who in fifteen years had never been beaten. I was scared for Hogan. You know, I mean, oh, was. Hogan was scared for Hogan. Yeah. You know, because the truth, when you get behind the scenes, what you find out from all these guys is that if Andre didn't want to do it, Andre did not do it. Right. You know, if Andre didn't want to lose, he would not lose. And and he was just, just by the nature of his size, he was powerful. And he, you know, he could have just stopped anybody. Andre was a huge, huge man. And, um, and, and oh my gosh. That was some good drama in that match. It, it's not the greatest technical match to watch in the world. No. But when Hogan goes to immediately pick Andre up early on the match and he falls backwards, you know, the rest of the match, his back's killing him as he oh, can't, yeah. you know, he's messed his back up. And and then uh, and then as he comes back, you know, in the end with the classic Hulk Hogan, you know, hulking up and and uh, boot to the face, he, he picked him up and slammed him finally. And, like, no one had ever slammed Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. In fact, at WrestleMania won... At the very first WrestleMania, there was the Andre versus Big John Stud body slam match. Now, I guess people had slammed him, but not on a national level like that. Who had ever slammed Andre the Giant? <laughs> well, you know, they used to do these things where, like, I don't know. I mean, you've seen some of that old Hogan footage mm-hmm. where he was a heel oh, yeah, first yeah, time yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, he had a match with Andre and slammed him. I oh, mean, did was, he? Yeah, but, you know, that's, that kind of stuff wasn't really... I mean, WWE... F at the time. Yeah, that was like, like well, when that happened, that was like the WWWF. WF, yeah. yeah. That stuff wasn't really broadcast per se. Like, oh, they slammed Andre. You know, they actually made a story out of this right, where, right. you know, I didn't know any better. I didn't think anybody. Sure, the casual Andre. fan who, yeah, because this was when wrestling first kind of went national. Yeah. You know, and, and Vince McMahon decided he was going to take over the world, you know, yeah, with, exactly. with wrestling. So, exactly. so WrestleMania 3 being your favorite. Pontiac Silverdome at the time set an indoor attendance record. Of ninety three thousand, I don't know if that record still stands or not. Oh, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have the exact number, but supposedly they had like cooked the books on the number. But I mean, think I still so? think it was a huge deal. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, eighty thousand, ninety three thousand. Well, every every year they set a record at the yeah. at wherever they're at. You, I mean, last you. year when we were at the the dome, they mm-hmm. said they set the record for the dome. I yeah, mean, it was over seventy thousand people there. Yeah. And, that's Believe a, me, I felt every second of it. I didn't want to move once I sat down. It right. was like... Was it oh. that crowded, packed? It was just overwhelming. Yeah. You know, like, I go to house shows and stuff like that, and there's never that many people, even to a Raw or something. Yeah. It's just not a house show. A house show, everyone, is when you have a have a have you go to a wrestling match or wrestling matches, and it's not televised or anything. It's just like an exhibition where they come to your town, and, you know, they're in, they're in the local Coliseum or whatever doing their thing. Yes. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, three is a big one to me. I remember, I, and, and this is probably you, tell me if this is you or not, I remember more moments or matches than I do the entire event. Yeah, I mean, it, but it was also one of the ones I had on tape that okay, yeah. I'd gotten from somebody, and so, like, we watched it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because there were several matches on there. I want to say there was, like, 12 to 15 matches. I don't... You know, because some of them would last long, some of them wouldn't. You know, mm-hmm. you had that classic thing of like a three-minute match. Or yeah, something, you yeah. Know? But um, it just seemed so epic. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you had Alice Cooper who showed up with Jake. Yeah, with Rock. Jake the Snake. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was huge yeah. back then. I mean, especially if you're a rock fan, which I am. I mean, Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper showing up is huge. Yeah, yeah. So um, there was that. They also had what um, <laughs> he could barely. He picked that snake up at one point, and it's so funny because he was so skinny. Like yeah. he had Kermit the Frog type arms, and he could barely lift that <laughs> snake. And like Jesse Ventura is like cracking on him about mm-hmm. wow he's worked out a lot at and, yes you know, yes classic yes. jesse and that was another thing jesse and gorilla calling that i mean that was that's who i grew up with and and you Je- know, jesse the body venture former governor of minnesota yes and gorilla monsoon who was a wrestler in his career but then later became man so much behind the scenes with the oh, wwf yeah. and the you know now wwe and um and he uh he was an announcer uh he and he and Ventura had some great chemistry, and he and he and Bobby the Brain Heenan were are considered one of the best duos ever to this day, um, by by wrestling fans. I you know the the thing about WrestleMania is it does create memorable moments. You know you talk about Hogan Andre, you talk about the Steamboat versus Savage. As you move on through uh, WrestleMania Five, was Hogan versus Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, which was that a big deal off of the year before. Yes, just kind of like. Rock and seeing it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, well, not you had late, you had but... you had at WrestleMania four this tournament because the the belt had been uh, vacated due to some shady circumstances involving the Million Dollar Man and Andre and everything right. and um and and Macho ends up winning and Hogan comes out and celebrates with him. They're best of friends, man. And then in the ensuing year, uh, their little tag team begins to fall apart because Macho gets jealous of everything that's going on and. You know, he thinks Hogan's trying to split him and Miss Elizabeth up and all this craziness. So that by the time you hit WrestleMania five, their tag team they called the Mega Powers exploded. You know, and, and it's the Mega Powers explode and um and uh, and you had Macho versus versus Hogan. Well then WrestleMania six was Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Know, was the big match there. And and you know, regardless of what you may think of the Ultimate Warrior, those of you who are smart fans and kind of know his behind-the-scenes business dealings and that sort of thing, um, he was a huge superstar at the time. Yep. You know, he was the man. He he rivaled Hogan in popularity. Well, and he they put him in line to be the next Hogan. I mean, yes, Hogan was going to leave definitely. And uh, and and he and he and Warrior and they actually put on a pretty good match for two they guys did. that you know that have a reputation not be very great wrestlers. Um, WrestleMania Seven, they had to move indoors because of, because of all the threats against Sergeant Slaughter, who had become like yeah. a an Iraqi sympathizer at the time. This was during the Gulf War, yes. And uh, and and I believe that was Hogan versus Slaughter that yeah. that that mm-hmm. match. And then and then WrestleMania Eight got weird because Ric Flair was in town, right? And and really, 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 it should have been Hogan and what was basically his prime versus Flair, you know. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, the powers that be decided to go with like Sid Justice versus Hogan, and yep. and Macho Man versus Ric Flair. There were some storylines that led up to that. Eight's not that memorable a show to me. No, I mean there's some good moments, mm-hmm. but I mean Flair and Flair and Savage put on a really good match. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, but it, at the time I was thinking, why isn't Hogan fighting? Flair? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they've yeah, been as building. A kid, as a kid, and you're a fan, you're like, oh, it's got a Hogan Flair. This is a dream match, you know? Yeah. And, and then just, when they did, when then when they finally met, I guess in WCW, mm-hmm. it was you know it's kind of bittersweet. I mean, yeah. at that point, you were 
kind of like, eh, okay. Well, because Hogan had Hogan had gone through this period where he just wasn't popular. I mean, people had kind of gotten tired right. of him, you know. Right, they were booing him. And Hogan him. saw the writing on the wall with that. You know, I think, I think so. he saw the writing on the wall on that when he was in WWF at the time. WrestleMania 9 was held in Las Vegas um, <laughs> at Caesars Palace, and everyone toged it up. Yeah, Jim Ross with a toga on. Yeah, Jim Ross's first WrestleMania. It was, uh, you know, um, that was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. Yokozuna, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and who he's one of those guys that I've never heard a bad word about. Mm-mm. You know, when you hear wrestlers talk about things, and, may, and I don't know if it's because he's passed or, but they they talk about how good he was in the ring and how smooth he worked for such a big man. Yeah, for a big man, he could move like crazy. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like I mean, he wasn't like Bam Bam Bigelow or right, anything. Right, but he right. was. I mean, he could, for how big he was, and he was Samoan in real life. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he well, had his, that whole weight. Going. Yeah, well, that, his his big finish was like a big splash on people. Yeah, and um, I forget who it was I was listening to, but said that when he came down with that, you didn't feel it. You know, they good. said they said he was so <laughs> they said he was so light in the ring that like he took care of the people he wrestled. It might have been Lex Luger who said that. I think okay, I remember yeah. I remember Lex Luger talking about about that situation. WrestleMania ten was a big deal. They were back in the Madison Square Garden. Um, that was the 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 first second ever ladder match. Um, with uh, but that was Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, uh, mm-hmm. Scott Hall. Which is, you know, if you watch it nowadays compared to some of the ladder matches that they've had in recent years, you're like, really? This is what it was? But, I mean, it was the first. Well, it was the first one shown, yes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And so um, that's why I said the first ever second ladder match. Oh, I see. Um, you're clever. You're so clever. Look at you. <laughs> and you're so sarcastic today. Look at you. Uh, Look at Dave breaking out the sarcasm. Uh, don't, make me show, don't, make me, don't make me go off on you now, buddy. I'm um, sorry. I'm smiling. Uh no. <laughs> maybe we'll meet at WrestleMania. Um but these are these are the moments. These are the big me- yes, maybe. These are the moments. You know, these are the big memories. You had WrestleMania 12 with the Iron Man match, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, right. WrestleMania um uh, uh 18, o- Hogan versus The Rock. Which mm-hmm. which wasn't it a mania with the with the Bret Hart versus Stone Cold where Stone Cold passes yep. out? 13, yep. The, yeah, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 13, and, and that really solidified Stone Cold in people's mind where he was just, he passed out in a pool of his own blood for crying out loud. Yeah, um, that, they did the double switch where Bret Hart came into the match as a good guy, and Austin was, you know, more or less a bad guy, and then mm-hmm. they switched kind of toward, during the match, yeah. and Austin and booing Bret Hart. Yep. I mean, it kind of been leading to that, mm-hmm. but that was... That was kind of what you that's know, known for. Yes. WrestleMania 14, Mike Tyson was there uh, in the role that uh, Muhammad Ali had been in 14 years before as an enforcer referee at, with Shawn Michaels and, and, and Stone Cold. And this would have been this would be Shawn Michaels' last match for four years or so. Um, Man, you, you talk about a tough match to watch. And I know me and you watched it together mm-hmm. yeah. like a couple of years ago, but that was... Well, you can just see Shawn Michaels was having all kinds of back problems, and you can see early on the match he just really starts to hurt, and he's in pain um, through that entire match, basically. But he pulled off a great match. He did. You know, and, yeah, uh, and Stone Cold, of course, was solidified as the next guy. And yep, and and off we went, man. And you know, and WrestleManias are, are are the place where you have your your Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. You have mm-hmm. your, you know, you you have your big, huge, just these matches that 
that just capture your imagination that you might not see. You know, they they do a good job of kind of keeping. Uh, a lot of times they do a good job of kind of keeping these things relegated to tag team matches where you don't see them go one on one necessarily for free. Right. You know, on on cable television and um, and so and it's always a spectacle. It's always a big big show, and uh, and I think WrestleMania twenty eight was just. It, it it was back to form of what a WrestleMania should be, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Th- it had its low moments, you know. There were some divas yeah. matches and that sort of thing that just didn't quite, quite get pulled off very well, but uh, right or a divas match, I should say. Um, and and I feel like that twelve man tag was a little lackluster um, that they yeah. had. But uh, the first thing that you, the first thing I knew about WrestleMania last night because I I didn't get to start watching until about forty five minutes after it started. I had a text from you, or I asked you if you were watching, and I get a text from you like, yeah, I can't believe they did that to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, son of a... We're watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I ruined it for Steve. <laughs> so, basically, Daniel Bryan and the Great White Seamus, which, why do they call him that? Because uh, he's really, really white. He is... <laughs> Most <laughs> transparent. Hey, I saw someone on Twitter today. They're like, I finally figured out why the I figured out why the match was so short. And that Miami Sun, Sheamus would have burnt to a crisp if he'd been out there any longer. I mean, he rivals me as far as the pasty. Now I don't have the oh, muscles. He, listen, yet. he rivals my walls as far as pasty whiteness goes. <laughs> I mean, he is he is white as a sheet. The guy is. Um, That's kind of his thing, though. He's yeah. embraced. The first ever Irish-born WWE champion. Um, he, uh, he, he was wrestling Daniel Bryan for the world title. Daniel Bryan, interesting. You knew of him before he came to WWE. I did. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of Bryan Daniels. His name his real name is Bryan Daniels. And it's what he wrestled under for, I want to say close to a decade, maybe a little more. And, uh, ROH, Evolve, he wrestled in Japan. Um, uh, you know, some countless others. And he was known to be one of the best workers in the business. And they even had a little chant when he would come out, and they'd say, best in the world, best in the world. Wow. And um, I honestly thought he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it, was, it was amazing to me that he wasn't, you know, on the big time, you know. And, and when he finally gets there, I was super excited. And, then, of course, there were hiccups along the way. But lately I've been feeling like, Man, he's gonna get to mania. They're gonna he's gonna have his mania moment and you know, Seamus is a good worker and worker in this sense means they can put on a good show. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I was really this was you know, besides uh Punk Jericho, this was the one I was looking forward to. Oh most. really? Yeah, one of them anyway. And uh what do we get, Steve? Eighteen seconds. Eighteen seconds <laughs> from from the time of the bell to the time of Seamus' victory because Daniel Bryan turned around and kissed his girlfriend. Yeah, but what a girlfriend. Oh I'm my gosh, kidding. AJ. Well, here's truth. AJ could be listening to this podcast because she's a bit of a geek. Oh, cool. So, AJ, cool. if you're listening, hey. how, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, how you doing? Um, Steve lives in Hazelhurst. Hazelhurst, Georgia. So, <laughs> I actually saw her. I uh, went to an FCW event, Florida Championship Wrestling. Um, uh, two years ago, it was Dusty. It, the main event, the reason we went is because it was Dusty Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and Gold Dust in a three in a six man tag match against some guys from down there in Florida That's Championship awesome. Wrestling. And um, and that was the first time I ever saw AJ. And I immediately I was like, she, she's awesome. And uh, 
<laughs> and I don't do that with the divas much. Like right, I just kind of right. turn my head and look yeah. the other way. But um, yeah. she's so cute, you know. Yeah. Oh, but anyhow, yeah. she she's very cute. The minute he kissed I think her, she matches up well with Daniel Bryan too. Like they have chemistry. Yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> the the minute he kissed her, I was like, kick his head off, Seamus, and Seamus did. And <laughs> but like, you build to a moment, right? right. And WrestleMania is the big payoff. And so you're working all year long to get there. He's the world champion going in. And I really, honestly, Steve, I know I said a different thing last night, but I think this hurts Sheamus more than it hurts Daniel Bryan. You think so? Yeah, because Daniel Bryan's character, the heel, I mean, you pointed out to me last night that, I mean, people love the fact that he's, you know, he kind of like sneaks his way into these victories. So they love, you know, he's not going to lose anything back this. But Sheamus winning in such a quick fashion and not really proving himself, I mean, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't. I mean, last year, these two were supposed to meet for the United States title. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get to the event that day, find out they're jerked from the card. Yeah, I remember that. That was weird. I mean, I was floored. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I cannot believe this. Like, why would you do this? These two guys are like two of your greatest wrestlers right now. And I'm using the word wrestler. Believe Mm -hmm. me, I am. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking forward to a match this year that would um, justify them being on the card this year. And what do we get? We get 18 seconds. And I just don't think, I don't think that's putting on a show. I don't think that's. Showing your fans, you know, thanks for paying fifty four ninety nine or sixty four ninety nine or whatever it is, right. and and I don't think it's doing anything for the fans there in Florida. Yeah. I mean, you want to open up WrestleMania with a really good match, and I just think eighteen seconds. I mean, instead we get a six and a half minute long Divas match or, yeah. or whatever it is, and it's like, you know, well they had that I'm they had that chick that. from they had that lady from um from uh from extra or whatever it is extra and dancing with the stars you know so they had to get her time on screen in there of course yeah. um, she's a great actress by the way yeah um. got a great got a great performance by Flo Rida <laughs> so can I just say well I maybe I'll save that alright <laughs> Flo Rida is pretty is pretty swole you better be careful what you say about Flo Rida it's not him I just don't think they like when you pay this much to go to a wrestling event and, and music's such a personal choice, like as far oh, I'm gonna listen to this type of music. Right. That you trot that out there for like a two song performance or whatever it was. Right, right. It, it felt like it went on for days. And, you know, kinda took a little steam out of the main event a little bit. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I, I yeah, guess, I'm, I'm bitter about did. Daniel Bryan losing. Yeah, I apparently, apparently. <laughs> I, I feel like well, I, mean, I mean I feel like this isn't going to be the last time we see Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. In, no, no, not at all. In a match, no, no. Uh, there were a lot of fans who were there to see Daniel Bryan right down on the front row. Oh yeah, um, you, that you could tell by the posters they were holding up, uh, which got Michael Cole tickled. Uh, he kind of <laughs> laughed. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I I was just kind of shocked that they did that just because it's WrestleMania, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to do something, especially with that belt, it's the world championship. Um, now, to everyone who, who may not know, I know when you hear world title, you think, oh, that's the big one. But the truth is, is you've got in WWE, you've got the world title and the WWE title. And 
because Vince didn't create the world title, the WWE title takes a little bit of precedence over the world heavyweight championship. Yeah. So, which as an old school fan bothers me, but it you know, bothers. I don't really, I don't get all upset and stuff and make a big deal about it. Cause what can I do? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was the one thing. And I'm like, Oh wow, that, that happened there. Didn't it? And, uh, and we were off and rolling from that point though. But you know what? If that's the low light of the night, then at least we got it out of the way. Um, there's one more that rivals it, but I'll say. What it. was that? The Funkasaurus or the Bronchosaurus? Hey, don't you dare <laughs> talk bad about the Funkasaurus. It's not him. Don't you dare. It's not him. I'm... It's what ensued when he said, oh, my mama's here and the bridge club's here. Yeah, they were. I just thought that was in poor taste. No, <laughs> it was awesome, no, man. It was no way, awesome. man. No way. Funk Four is days. on a roll. <laughs> Funk is on a roll. Somebody call your mama. Somebody call my mama. Um, yeah, the the he had a bunch of ladies dressed as old women with big old booties. Uh, fake, by the way, booties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely uh, fake. Oh yeah, they were like they were like big mama, big mama's house yeah. booties. Um, Which I guess Vince probably just watched that movie. And... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go now. Somebody call my mama. Anyway. I like. I mean, I like Brodus Club. I do. You I know? Just... Do you think he is enjoying his his uh his his gimmick right now? Gimmick being what we call someone's character. It's hard to say. I mean, he certainly embraced it. I mean, I, I liked him last year when he was like the enforcer for Alberto Del Rio, and and he had like a mohawk. And I mean, do you remember that? Like he yes. was he was yeah, at yeah, WrestleMania yeah. last year. Yeah, we met him when we were down at FCW. He's a big old boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's. I mean, he's he's really talented in the ring. Who's whose son is he? He's somebody's son. Yes, his mama's for one. Oh yeah, he's. But I think he's a second generation. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. Or maybe no. it's just that he reminds me so much of the one man gang. <laughs> he's probably not his son. You know. <laughs> um. <laughs> one of the greatest workers ever in the business. One man gang. Oh, no. you better believe it. Don't you dare talk bad about the one man <laughs> gang, sir. Later known as Akeem. <laughs> the African. What is it? What is it about these big From old boys? Deepest, that... darkest Africa. It looks like he came out of like. Covington, Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what is it about these big old guys that they want to turn into like these funky, you know, because that's what Akeem did. He come out dancing and everything. I mean, surely it was a slight towards the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, sure. sure. I mean, he did the same, like, you know, he tried to be funky like Dusty Rhodes did Mm -mm. and stuff like that. So Listen, Dusty Rhodes get funky like a monkey. Exactly. So you can't, uh, the American dream, baby, dust the rose. Get funky <laughs> like a monkey. Um, Dying with kings and queens. I enjoyed that little bit for what it was. You know, it didn't bother me one I just, bit. I don't know. I mean, it, something like that has a place on, like, the TV show. I don't think it has a you place. You ain't going to get all those is... mamas out there on Raw? That was a bunch of mamas. That was the bridge club. Why they all have the same dress on? Because they're the bridge club. <laughs> right. 
Because there was a sale on that fabric. What you talking I about? I just, I mean, for me, it was just like, oh man, yeah. wow. Well, what that happened between Chris Jericho and CM Punk in, in the main event, right? I mean, yeah. But... So you had to have something to kind of slow things down a little bit, give them a chance to reset. I guess you did. So it was fun. It was fun. I, you know, I think that's the thing, though. Is like I say, WrestleMania is a, a show, and it's gonna and it's gonna be hit and miss. I think sometimes, but. So on low lights though, I, I, that's above the Daniel Bryan thing for me. Okay, the, I'll bothered, go with that. That bothered me that. a lot less than than the Daniel Bryan situation. Uh oh, how are my speakers muted? Technical difficulties, Dave. Dave, you there? That's all right. I'm sorry. I muted my, my speakers. Got muted somehow. Oh. I don't know what happened. Thought you were ignoring me. No, not at all. <laughs> but what I said was, I don't. I didn't hear you respond to it. What I said was, is is the Daniel Bryan situation bothered me a lot more than the Brodus Clay. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. So, yep. Um. What? Uh. So. Okay. Anyhow, the, the beyond that, there were a few more matches. There was the Big Show versus Cody Rhodes, which surprised me with being as good as it was. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Cody Rhodes is, is a talented, he's a, he's a, he's a second generation wrestler. His father is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Cody has been a great bad guy. Um, from his whole, my face is deformed to, oh, here comes <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, and from the legacy days right on through, and he's talented in the ring too. Um, but the big show and the whole story going in this was the big show's never won. He's always choked at WrestleMania. Right. He's a choke artist. He's he's what he won like two or three matches out of all the WrestleMania. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, I didn't think he'd won any, but but um, I can't think of any. He's won. Didn't but, Money Mayweather I, beat him? I guess he did. I but guess see, he. Like, I guess Michael he won Cole that sumo match. Like he was three and eight. Yeah, I guess he like won that, that sumo match. No, he lost that. Oh, that's right. He lost that sumo match. I can't think of any he's won. That's right. <laughs> and that was Cody Rhodes' point, is he's the choke yeah, right. artist at WrestleMania. <laughs> and so here he comes, you know, now for the Intercontinental title um, and, uh, and, and fighting Cody Rhodes. And they had a solid match, you know, because Co- the size difference is so huge in these two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, to, but, but did a great job of complimenting each other and having just a great match. And then he wins, Big Show wins, and got emotional at the end. Well, I think he knows that his time is approaching. You think? What do you mean by his time? In a good way or a bad way? Him up, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you think? Go ahead. You think by time is what I'm saying? So, you old Yeller top time is up, or career-wise? Okay, okay. Wow. I mean, I thought he was done. When did he lose to Bobby Lashley? What was that? 06? December of 06? And he left for all that time and came back. You know, he lost weight, did the Mayweather thing. Yeah, but didn't he get, didn't he, didn't, isn't that when he went up to OVW? It's possible. I don't, I, I, I was think so because he, like, he, he got demoted basically because he wouldn't stay in shape and he wouldn't yeah. work. And so they sent him because he, Big Show's a neat story. Here's a guy that never really had to, what they call in the wrestling business, pay his dues. Right, you know, Hogan discovered him. Said, "I want you to wrestle," and yeah, his soon. first his first outing in WCW, they put the title on him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
son of Andre is what they were son calling of Andre. Him. Yep. Which he's not. Which is a good. I mean, I liked the story. Yeah, everybody sure. laughs at it yeah. now, but it was pretty good back then. Yeah, it was. And I remember an interview with Hogan where he's like, he's holding a shirt and he's like, I just smell him. You know, he's like, I just remember that smell. I'm like, that's kind of weird. But Hogan was like so intense about it. You know, and like you, and like Hogan did a great job of this the fear being in his eyes and the intensity yeah. that was going on. That's um, probably what they were trying to recapture, you know, was that Hogan Andre drama. Yeah, well, sure, sure. So, but you can't recapture that. No. You know. But this was good, and I was happy that, to see a title change, mm-hmm. like in a legitimate fashion. Mm hmm. And not a 18 second. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still talking about that. <laughs> well, I tell you what, my big disappointment tonight, my big disappointment tonight was the Jericho Punk match. Really? I wanted Jericho to win that mess. Wow. I did. Right, so you're not a Punk fan, CM Punk? I, it's not that I'm not a Punk fan. It's that I feel like CM Punk is a better character when he's chasing mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I feel like Punk's a better character when he's when his back's not when you know when he doesn't have to be the squeaky clean good guy that's carrying right. the company right and and i think jericho plays either way very well and, and i think jericho is a great heel and i think that jericho is phenomenal at what he does i think jericho's the best in the world at what he does maybe they were trying to like solidify punk because he's had some ragtag uh contenders for that belt mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not been the great uh rotation of people he's yeah. beat so maybe by this victory, Punk could become that guy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, maybe I don't know. But see, the thing is, is Punk how did he how did he skyrocket? You know, obviously you knew him from Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of people know a lot of the smart fans know him from the independent circuits and everything. But you know, in in rest in WWE, he's been a really good heel. You know, he's had some you know some interesting storylines. But the way he skyrocketed was one interview. Where he just kind of went off on the company, and he and his contract was coming up, and you know, and he said on WWE television, maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor, you know, maybe mm. I'll go to TNA, maybe I, you know, and it's like what? Yeah, um, you know, and 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 after that, he he did win the title, and he left the building, you know, left WWE and quote unquote with the with the belt, and he was gone for a few weeks, and mm. then he came back. You know, and it's like, oh, he should have been going longer than that. You know, yeah. Um, it but, wasn't him though. I mean, that's they wanted to bring him back when they did. Yeah, it was. Oh, sure, sure. You know, but the thing is, is now it's like all the little pipe bomb stuff. He calls his, that microphone his own personal pipe bomb, but not really anymore. You know, it's like you don't have anything to be angry about anymore. You're the champ. Mm-mm. You know, and I think what they were doing was maybe. T- having a role reversal with him and Jericho because Jericho was brought up all his family stuff, but his dad being an alcoholic and all that. And I think what they were doing was trying to show some vulnerability to the champion. I mean, in this case, CM Punk, because like you said, I mean, he's supposed to be a, you know, he's got a pipe bomb, nothing bothers him. You know, he's out there calling triple H doofus and all that kind right, of stuff. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's like, how do you get back at somebody like that? You make it really personable. And I think, yeah, because, but I, I don't know that, that that played out as well as they wanted it to. Well, I feel like it was overshadowed by the Undertaker Triple H oh, Shawn Michaels yeah. stuff. Well, I, mean, I don't mean the just... match; I mean just the storyline. No, I'm 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 saying the story yeah, too. Yeah, I mean leading up to Mania, that was that was the big match. Dude, I got to tell you, Cena Rock almost got overshadowed by that mess. Yeah, it did. You it know? did. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, in in uh, in. 
But there was a moment in the in the Punk Jericho match where where Punk has Jericho in the Anaconda Vice, which is a submission hold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're about to do this. Come on, you know. And I'm rooting for Jericho. And all of a sudden, I just see knees flying to the back of Punk's head. I'm like, Oh my Lanta, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and 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 Jericho broke the hold. And it's just moments like that to me in matches that create drama when you see something that you've never really seen before. You know that that because this is a hold that really you shouldn't be able to break out of necessarily unless you're just that much stronger than your opponent, but. You're in a prone position. They've got all the leverage, you know, and and Punk was just a little bit out of place, and and so his head was in prime position for Jericho to get those knees up and just slam him in the back of the head so that he had to let go. Right. And it made it more believable when he locked it on and he turned his hips and he got, you know, and he got higher up on Jericho's body that Jericho couldn't reach him with the knees, you know. And um, and so when you know about that kind of stuff, when you know about the technical side of wrestling and when you're kind of watching and you see them do little things like that, it makes you appreciate their in-ring performance that much more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was athletically the best match of the night. Yes. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Dave, what makes a good match to you? Uh, Triple H Undertaker? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but Drama yeah. mixed with athleticism, mm-hmm. um, pacing, yeah, all those things, and good storytelling yeah. from the announcers, sure, which is sure. few and far between these days. But. Well, ever since ever since Jim Ross stepped down, yeah, you know for sure. Jim, Jim mm-hmm. Ross and, and Georgia Bulldog fans will understand this. Jim Ross is the Larry Munson of the WWE. Yeah, um, absolutely. He he really knew how to call a match and tell a story. My favorite call of all time. I'm sorry, I, and I laugh, and I love it every time I hear it. It's a two-parter. The first part is, as Mick Foley goes off the top of the cage and hits that announcer's table, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when he goes through the cage into the ring, uh, the top of the cage into the ring, I can't remember, it's Lawler says, he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it, he's dead. That's it, he's <laughs> dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then... You know, Jim Ross says, "Well, somebody stopped the blank match." Oh and yes, yeah. It's like you can tell that he's being serious. Yeah, he's like, like someone. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh, during somebody that. Somebody, please get out here during that Mick you know. Foley Undertaker match. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he does that so many times though. In real, in, in another situation where he's not necessarily being real, he's like, he and and he takes up for the business. You know, when someone goes down, he's like, "And you say they know how to fall? How do you fall off of a, you know, this? How do you how, how do you?" fall six feet in the air and, and not be hurt when you hit the ground, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's, he's one of the best, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching that Chris Jericho, uh, CM Punk match. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, a lot of times what people I think, think make a good, good, a lot of young guys think make a good match is as many false finishes as we can get in there. You know, no, and false, by false finish, too. I mean, a, I mean, a two count, you know, right. And that's become, a little cliche. It has, unless you do it right. Right. You know, it's got to be done well. You've got to believe that the person who's getting the three pinned on him is is going to get about to be pinned. You've got to feel like it's over. And so when you start doing a bunch toward the end, you've got to feel like every time that pin is gone for, that, that the person on the, the who's on their back, is, is they're done for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and so there's a neat formula to it that still gets me and still works to this day. And Jericho and Punk pulled that off flawlessly, you know, and then with the submission moves, they pulled it off flawlessly, you know, and, and anytime you get someone in a submission and, and you feel like 
man, this is it for them. They're, they're about to go down. You know, they're about to tap, and and they don't. You know, and they get out somehow. It's. It, I mean, he, Jericho locked in the, not the walls of Jericho. No, he locked. He locked. He locked. Yeah, he locked in a full on uh, Boston Crab at one point. Right, and then yeah. the Lion Tamer, where mm-hmm. he puts the knee into your back of your neck. Yes, which is yes. old WCW move. Yep, yep. I mean, I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it right there. I thought he was, I th- and I don't get fooled a lot these days. Right, right, right. But, I mean, I was honestly, I was like, Punk's about to tap out because there was no, you know, I was like, there's no way. He tried to get the ropes, pulled him back to the center, applied it again, cranked back on it. I was like, oh, my gosh. And that's when it's, like I say, good storytelling mixed with athleticism and pacing. You know, you could put somebody in the Boston Crab and lay out in the middle of the ring for five minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, is that realistic? Mm, you know, maybe, maybe not. But if you watch, like, UFC, those apl- those holds are applied, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's no there's no crawling to the K. I mean, right, there's, like, right. you're frantically... You know, that thing that thing you mentioned, like Jericho kneeing him in the back of the head. Now, that was, that was more drama right. than we usually see out of that type of thing. Yep, yep. So, I think... I mean, this match exceeded my expectations, I think. It's it's a match I want to go back and watch without having that Hell in a Cell match before it. There you go. You know, where I can just kind of watch it with, with without any type of... I, that Hell in a Cell match wore me out. It did. You know, and... and, uh, and, and Emotionally. So, yes. I mean... Definitely. Definitely. Which and, and there's a reason I'm putting off talking about it right now. <laughs> Um, and then you get to the Rock and Cena match, you know, which was the one they've hyped for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Rock and Cena, you get the sense that I don't know, you know, the, and this is when wrestling is good to me. What, what when wrestling is at its best is when you wonder if what they're saying is true or not, right? You know, because you know that they have a professional obligation to one another that they're going to step in that ring. They've got to take care of each other physically. You know, um, but then you also know that sometimes people get in those professional situations. We all work with people we don't necessarily like sometimes, you know, but in the, but in the, but in the, but in the, in the spirit of professionalism, we know that if we do something to mess them up, it's also going to mess us up. So we just, we work, we have to work with them, you know, um, and, and, and the wrestling business is no different, but leading up to this match, they really started acting like they didn't like each other personally. And and there were things that they would say in their promos and, and things that they did. And, and, and it wasn't just typical, I'm cutting a promo on this person, you know, because this is my job. There were, there were a few little, and there's some, they're very subtle hints that if you, if you've watched wrestling for a while, you know, the kind of things to listen for. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and to me, that's when wrestling is good is when I don't know if this is real or fake, you know, and I, I don't know I can't stand I can't sit here on this podcast today and say that they 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 are okay with each other personally. I would say they aren't. Right. <laughs> I mean, they may have respect for each Dave other. Dave Jones, but, ladies and gentlemen. Dave yeah. Jones. <laughs> I mean I just I mean, it started however many years ago when Cena said something about the rock gets on his nerves because he doesn't give back to the business and you know all this kind of stuff yeah. and and i mean no matter whose side you're on you could see the tension building and you know maybe they do business in other words they follow the script they do right. their jobs professionally and yeah. um you may get a cheap shot in here or there but i mean i think it's i think in the end they both 
were very professional about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I think for the better. I mean, you don't oh, want to sure. see a fiasco out And they there. put a good match on. They had a great match, you know. They did. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about last night on the phone, Rock was a little uh, out of shape. Not... Listen, this is Fat Steve saying someone's out of shape. <laughs> ring shape, ring shape. Right, he's not what we call ring shape. There's, because it does take a physical toll to get out there and wrestle for 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think The Rock, though he's in fantastic shape, physical condition, um, I think he underestimated a little bit about how much he needed to work on some cardio to be out there and do the job that he had to do for, you know, 20, like I say, 20 minutes, half an hour. Listen, I wrestled four matches. And I had to throw up after the first one. I mean, like, <laughs> I've never run so much in my life. And I used to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was nothing but running. Yeah. And, and like, it's just, there's no, there's nothing to compare it to. Yeah. And I was in know. one professional wrestling match, and all I did was three push ups, put a man in a camel clutch, and take a clothesline. And it wore me out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And at the time, maybe you're like, you know, adrenaline's kicking yeah, in or whatever, yeah. but that come down was like, oh my god! I know, man. I tell you what, to be in front of fifteen people doing that was amazing. The adrenaline <laughs> yeah. rush I got from being in front of fifteen people, say, little was, indie show. It, it was probably about fifteen or twenty, maybe twenty-five <laughs> on a good night for me, but it wasn't a lot. I mean, so. But but the thing is, is though the rock, though you could see he was tired, there was only one or two little spots where it showed. Right, you know, and and for the most part, it was it was it was an outstanding match that people criticized John Cena a lot, you know. But you have to have two people who can go to to pull off a match the way they did, and I really had no idea who was going to win that. No, I didn't either. I had my opinions about who should, right? But but I had no idea. And when Cena went to do the people's elbow on the Rock, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, he's about to do this. And that's when I kind of knew at that point, I'm like, okay, The Rock's going to win this. I had no idea he was about to stand up and rock bottom Cena, you know, as Cena came off the ropes on him. But, um, but, and, but I did not, I had no idea going in that match who, who they would pick to win. Because from a WrestleMania, if you're just talking about the show itself, you feel like The Rock needs to win because that's what's going to really send most of the people home who are able to afford a ticket and be there. That's what's going to send them home happy. Right. But to me, in my mind, from a business standpoint, John Cena needed to win because The Rock's not going to be here tonight at Raw, you know? Um, you know, The Rock's going to go home and go be on G.I. Joe, and, 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 and that's that, you know? But Cena is still going to be around. Yeah. And so I really felt like Cena was the guy who needed to win that to kind of have that torch passed to him for the next few years. Well, how do you feel about that now, like a night after sleeping on it? I still kind of feel the same. I know that you kind of have some hopes for a storyline for Cena, and I know there are a right. lot of fans that, that want to see Cena go heel. I don't think there's a place for a heel Cena because there's no there's no top good guy to take his right. place if he goes heel. Well, you know, my thing is maybe it's not heel. Maybe it's something else, just some evolution of the character. Just get him fired not, up a little bit more. Right, just not like... Not necessarily like, oh, he's a bad guy, but just like, you know what? I made a mistake. It ain't going to happen again. I can assure you that, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe it leads down the road. Maybe he has to have some kind of what we say coming to Jesus moment (laughs) about his character, (laughs) you know, and, and yo, Jesus, this is the doctor thugonomics. And I just want to say, (laughs) yo, I just think that's. Maybe he'll bring PM News back and they'll tag team up. He could. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. 
Yo, but, oh no, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> well, but, and the the other theory I have is that maybe this wasn't a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that one hundred percent. I think we're gonna see at least another match, maybe two. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see two matches. I'd like yeah. to see. I'd like to see another match at, a, at at another pay per view here in the next month or so, and and Cena win, and then have the rubber match at SummerSlam. Yeah, you know that means what about, something. What if they fight at SummerSlam and then have another match next year? Or do you think they would even try to do a WrestleMania? Two, two again WrestleManias in a row. Yeah. I don't know. Now they might do it at Royal Rumble. They might do SummerSlam yeah. and then Royal Rumble. Yeah, they could do know. that. But I guess you've, the problem is you got to work around Dwayne's schedule. Right. You know, old big actor Dwayne. Which, by the way, how good does GI Joe Retaliation oh my look? God. <laughs> I am so ready for that. After, I mean, I'm an apologist for the first film too. I mean, I really try to make it like better than people say it is, and it's a rainy day film. I'll put it in and watch it now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think I, The Rock's gonna make it a lot better. Like he's just he's got that, you know, yeah, whatever. So let's be honest, charisma. Dwayne Dwayne Johnson is. He he has a per, he has a cares he has a charisma about him, yeah, a charismata, uh, a charisma about him that that he just lights up the screen when he's on there, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've even watched the game plan for crying out loud, you know, with a little girl <laughs> yeah. who's a football player. Yeah. Um, and 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 he's kind of going back to being kind of solidified as this action movie hero, you know. Yep. And and so I, I think yeah, I'm looking forward to retaliation. I am too. That was a good match, though, overall, him and Cena, I thought. I, it was. It told a good story, and Cena stepped up. Rock stepped up. The announcement wasn't awful. I yeah. mean, I was happy. Well, you know, and I said, Michael Cole's one good call was um, was there when The Rock was getting ready to deliver the people's elbow. He said, this is the, ma- he, this is the move that beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. This is the move that beat Stone Cold. And I was like, "That's a good call." You know, that's that's a way to paint a picture for the audience that this that this move here should could should make this match over for John Cena. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and for Cena to kick out, um, and, and you know, and that's the thing. It's like, and I really thought Cena was kick out when he got that rock bottom, but uh, but he did not. It was the end. It was yeah. it was the one two three. And yeah. if you smell what the rock is cooking, there was the moment where it looked like the rock was going to pass out to, uh, to the STF. Yeah. You know? And I thought, are they really going to go this route? And so I began to prepare myself for how I felt about that. If the rock passes out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then they did the classic raise your arm three times. And the third time, you know, if it drops a third time, the mat, they call the match. If it doesn't, then, uh, then the match kill, still goes. And so you get to three and, the Rock keeps that arm up, you know, and had it been Hogan, he would have wagged that finger in the air. Um, uh, but, you know, classic stuff like that that works. It still works to this day, Dave. Yeah, so, it does. Um, it does. It'll probably work as long as wrestling's around. I mean. Yeah, sure, sure. It's it's those neat moments. But the show stealer, Dave, was, of course. Team tri- Johnny versus <laughs> Team Ted. <laughs> The show, the show stealer was Santino Morella and and Mick Foley eating crab legs with Captain Keith from oh Deadliest Catch. Gosh. That was like Twilight Zone stuff. That was weird because like why are they promoting Deadliest Catch? Yeah, you know? I'm glad to know that Captain Keith might be a WWE fan, but still, 
He dropped an elbow on But I don't like crab. Captain Keith from The Wizard. I don't watch that show. <laughs> he did drop a good... You don't watch The Deadliest Catch? I don't. Man. Dave, I it's... Don't. can't do it. It's a phenomenal show, and I don't believe I'm sure you don't it's watch fine. it. I'm sure it's fine. Oh, my God, I love it. I love reality it so shows are hard with me. I just can't... This is know. like no reality show you've ever watched, Dave. I'll give it a shot. You better. I'll watch it. Okay. I mean, they had a man die. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah, That was sad. sad. Captain Phil, he was my favorite. Now, did he die on the show, or was this like... He, well, he had a stroke. Yeah. And, and, and the camera dude walked into the room, and he was down on the ground. And, oh. and Captain Phil actually told them, they got, him, they got him to the hospital, they got him off the boat to the hospital, and, and Captain Phil actually told the camera guy, he's like, you've got to stick around. We've got to continue filming because we got to see how this story ends. Yeah. And basically, they didn't film him dying, of course, but they there was a lot of footage from the hospital, and his two boys worked, his two sons worked on the boat with him. And what you see is you see his son having to call his brother to tell him, Dad's gone. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, it was real, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but anyhow... Uh yeah, well, bring it down, Steve. Sorry, <laughs> if you'd watch Deadliest Catch, it wouldn't even come up. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, but no, the show stealer for WrestleMania 28 was that, and I, and you knew the minute they said hell, the minute they said the words Hell in a Cell back on Raw several weeks ago, you knew this was going to be it. Absolutely, you knew this was going to be the showstopper. Triple H versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, Shawn Michaels special guest referee. Yep. If you want to see what makes a good wrestling match, this is the match to watch. Not because of all the incredible spots, and by spot I mean like, you know, big moves that they do or anything. Not because they're flying off of cages. Not because there's blood pouring everywhere. Not because, you know, no, because they tell a story. This is Undertaker, Undertaker is, a, is a performer who has no losses at WrestleMania. And you say that, if you hear that, you don't think it's a big deal because you're like, well, it's all fake anyway. But the truth is, is he is now, after last night, 20-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You can't bring anybody into the WWE and say, you're going to be the person who goes 21-0 and 0 yep. to beat the Undertaker streak because you're talking about 21 years. You're talking about someone who's willing to be in the same position, doing the same thing for 21 years, you're saying that you have a gimmick that everyone's going to immediately love and enjoy, that they'll want to stick with for 21 years, and you're and you're saying that this person's not going to get hurt and he's going to be able to perform for 21 years. Yeah, it's just it's not something that can be created or recreated, you know, unless it happens organically. And the yeah. truth and the truth of the matter is, is last night I thought the Undertaker streak was going to be broken several times. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, there was definitely once or twice where I was like, what? <laughs> and, I mean, that's a sign of a good match. Like yes. I said earlier, yes. you don't get surprised very much these days. This, I mean, th- within five minutes of the match starting, I was up walking on my feet behind the couch at my friend's house. I stood up the rest of the match. Like, I never sat down. <laughs> and my friends love it when that happens because they know that I'm about to start, like... We didn't hear. We didn't get to hear Jim Ross really call the match because we were all so into it, you right, know. That's true. Yeah. And um, and it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, 
it's one of those things where we're almost Dave, we might need to in the future sit down with with some of our favorite matches and just do commentary on our matches. Oh, I'd love to. You know, and just talk about Absolutely. what makes us so awesome. But the you said the word drama. And I said in the middle of that match, as Shawn Michaels was sitting down over in the corner, just with this confused, hurt look on his face, I looked at my friends and I said, I've not seen this kind of drama in a wrestling match since I don't know when. Yeah. I couldn't compare it to anything. There's nothing to compare it to. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, you know, you have like the match, the I Quit match with Foley where he was handcuffed and The Rock was tattooing his head with the chair and his mm-hmm. family's at ringside yep. and but that that I mean that was pretty dramatic yes but this is like on a whole other plateau I mean it's like I mean you couldn't have scripted it better than it played out I mean it was well, just perfect it, it just it's three of the best performers ever in the business mm-hmm. you know in the ring together doing their thing and there was the one point where Triple H was just wailing on the Undertaker with his chair oh yeah I mean just beating the fire out of him over his back with his chair and and Sean stops him. He takes the he takes the thing away, and he's like, and he goes to Undertaker. He's like, "Let me call this thing. Let me stop this thing." You know, and Undertaker's like, "Don't stop it. Don't stop yeah. it." You know, and and it's just like, gosh, you know, don't stop it, Sean. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is the seeds of all this basically go back to WrestleMania twenty five, maybe even WrestleMania twenty four. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean retires Ric Flair, mm-hmm. a legend. The next year, he fights Undertaker. Undertaker in a, in a, in a in match, a great, in yeah. a classic match. Yeah, it rivals Steamboat Savage. Leading up to that whole thing was a great story, too, because Sean was like, I'm not scared of you. Everyone else gets scared yeah. of you. You're not going to psych me out and get in my head. Yep. You know, because they'd had some matches prior. Him and, him right, and Undertaker yeah. had a history, and he's yeah. like, you're not going to get in my head. You're not able to. And Undertaker yeah. never did. You know, and Sean did this whole thing like where he comes down. Oh, so great! WrestleMania yeah, twenty five. Yeah. You know, he's lowered in a little you know thing from from up above the stage, not dangling on wires, but just kind of in like an elevator type thing, mm-hmm. wearing all white with the spotlight on him. You know, and he's praying all the way down, and uh, and then as he lands, you know, the smoke comes up. You know, and and the, his music starts, and he steps out. He's Shawn Michaels all the way, baby. And uh, and then the Undertaker comes up from the bottom of the stage. Oh yeah, you know, so it's like heaven and hell meeting. Oh, yeah, you know, and oh my god, I almost, I almost thought they should have played heaven and hell by Black Sabbath. Yeah. Like I thought it would, I thought it yes. would have. Played. Well, and there's a moment in that match where it looked like Undertaker goes, he jumps out because he used to have this move where he'd run and he'd do what we call a suicide dive, where you jump over the top rope to the outside and land on your opponent, and it looked like Undertaker landed on his head. You know, I mean, he got the air and comes over, and, and it just looks like he lands on his head. And yeah, and uh, and the, okay, yeah. Uh, like, there were so many false finishes, so many times where things just didn't go. And then, oh, that was an incredible match. Okay. <laughs> but then you skip to the next year to twenty six. He's obsessed with fighting the Undertaker. Yeah, he wants to win. Sh- yeah, he's done it all. He's begging people. He's trying to win the Rumble. He can't do it. Looks like he's done. He costs the Undertaker the World Heavyweight title mm-hmm. at Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. Undertaker says, all right, put your career on the line. We'll meet at Mania. So it's streak versus career, and the inevitable happens. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels loses. loses his career. Oh, and that great moment where he crawls up the Undertaker and just slaps him in the face. Oh, yeah. You know. And that parallels to last night. Mm-hmm. Triple H pushes the Undertaker away, gives him a DX crush chop. Yeah. 
and knows it's over. I mean, even as he's doing that, he knows he can't beat him. Yeah. And, I mean, that right there sold it as... <sighs> How many Tombstone Piledrivers did Triple H take? Was it two or three? I think it was two. Okay. All right. Because by the end of the match, I was like, he took three uh, Tombstone. Yeah. And, uh, See, I don't remember last year. I don't think he took but one last year, did mm-hmm. he? Or did he take two? Uh, he took one or two, I think. Okay. Well, but I know he ended, he ended up tapping one. out, remember? Yeah, right, right, right. I just couldn't remember. Wow. It was just incredible. Yeah, it, uh, it, it the the match, and that's what I'm saying is if you want to know drama, if you want to know why I'm into wrestling, this is the match. This is one of the matches I would take you to and show you. You know, not for blood, not for gore, not because there's all these amazing acrobatic things being done that no human should be able to survive, much less continue to wrestle, but because of the story that's told. Because when you get in the middle of this match, you, you the, one of these guys should already be down and done. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and the story they paint is just a prideful, air, you know, just not even arrogance, but just pride, the pride of I'm not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and with Shawn Michaels in the mix as that referee, you know, because, and he never really got involved except that one moment. And this is when I thought it was over. Right. Michael, and did he accidentally super kick him? No, I say I thought he did it. I thought he because he had just gotten up for being choked out in the Hell's Gate, which is the that's right, that's through. right. Undertaker went I a little thought he nuts. Was like you know what? Okay, here you go. Yeah, and he super kicks Undertaker. Undertaker falls back into Triple H. Triple H puts the pedigree on him, which is his finishing move. Rolls yep. him up. One, two. Undertaker kicks out. I literally thought in that whole time, I'm like, this is it. He's going to be 19 and one. Oh my gosh, he kicked out. I mean, it was just ah. <laughs> uh, he did. There was a little um, snafu with the announcing there where uh, Cole said, streaks over, streaks over, streaks over. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I mean, in hindsight, it's 2020. I just thought if everybody went, oh, my God, you know, like it had just been silent. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But even even still, it didn't take anything away from it. But I was yelling, day. streaks over, streaks over, streaks <laughs> over, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and and then when he kicked out, we just went nuts. I went nuts, and yeah. and I mean, I at that point I just kind of passed out. Um, yeah. I mean, I fainted. <laughs> I, I, it was just <laughs> it was that phenomenal. I mean, it just it. And the thing is, is as the show wrapped up with the Rock standing in the corner, you know, the turnbuckle and everything, it's like this is what a WrestleMania should be. Yeah, you know. And you even had a good undercard. Like, yes, Kane, yes. Kane versus Orton. We didn't talk about that, no. but that was like my surprise of the night. Yeah. How good it was. Yeah, it was. It was, and to be kind of thrown together the way it was too, mm-hmm. seemingly in the last couple of weeks. It, it just yeah. well, and Orton's such a great talent. And you and I talked last night on the phone about how Kane, I think, is an underrated talent. Oh yeah. You know, as far as his in ring ability goes, and so, yeah. I yeah, I just overall, man, this is this is one of the best WrestleManias I've watched in a while. And, of course, I'll never forget the end of Undertaker Triple H where Shawn Michaels helping the Undertaker up. They embrace. Yep. Then they both help up Triple H. Triple H, H, and they all embrace. And they all walk to the back together. Yeah. It was so fitting that JR was calling it. And maybe it is the end of an era. Well, I mean, I think it is. And I think that if not, because Shawn Michaels has expressed he's okay with being retired and he has Mm -hmm. no desire to come back and wrestle. Um, you know, and and I don't know that the Undertaker can keep going. Yeah. Um, and and so I think I really do think it was the end of an era. I I think tonight we'll get a little more clarity on that maybe on Raw, 
Yeah. Um, but uh, but but yeah, and and I think that if you've been a wrestling fan for any length of time, um, whenever you have those matches that are that special, you know it. I'm yeah. uber excited about Raw too. I know, <laughs> which which I hate because I know it's going to end up being a letdown. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now this is the time of the year as a wrestling fan where it we say it's okay to dial it back a little bit, right? Right. As, as far as your viewing goes, but maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got the draft coming up where they yep. do the different. Uh, Are they still going to do that now that he's the? I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But they just usually do it, you know, a few weeks after Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. But you're right. Yeah. It's of course, of course, what we're referring to is Johnny Laurinaitis being in control of the real show stealer last night. Yes. Which I'm so disappointed in that. I'm so disappointed in that just because I don't, I don't like John Laurinaitis for all the wrong reasons. Right. You know, if you if you if you're running a wrestling business and you want someone to not like your bad guy, they need to not like them because the character is that good that you don't like right. them. I don't like John like Laurinaitis. Bischoff. Right. Like Bischoff. Yes. Was, I mean, he's a jerk. I mean, I don't know how he is in real life, right. but he's a jerk on the show. He's a good talker, though. Yes. Yes. So John he, Laurinaitis like, is just boring. Yeah, John Laurinaitis. So boring. David Otunga just adds to the boredom. Awful, you know. Yeah. He's out. There. I, I don't. I don't know how he has a job, and I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. Oh, that awesome physique and those '80s tees he wears. I guess so. He wears a t-shirt like an '80s bodybuilder, man. <laughs> All shredded. I, up. Honest, I honestly think he has a job because he's engaged to Jennifer Hudson mm-hmm. from American Idol. I mean, I honestly, like, I mean, Chris Masters. They let him go after he improved mm-hmm. and, and got better, but like this guy still has a job. Yeah. It's just like, you know. Well. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> Team Teddy, Teddy Long's out of there. Sorry, Teddy, nice run, but you were getting stale, too. I was tired of the Teddy Long, you know, some young 20-year-old girl falls in love with Teddy sure, Long, who's sure. probably 80 at this point. But Teddy's know. a great manager, though, and he's great. He's a good manager. He's mm-hmm. a great on the mic, yep. you know. This whole general manager thing, anyway, to me, oh, just is kind of... I am sick to death. Of the you know authority figure, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that takes away from the entire fight product. with power, Dave. Yeah, I am, I man. <laughs> I have no aspirations to work for WWE. They yeah. don't care. Sure. So I'm gonna let it loose here, man. I hear you. I hear you. No, I just, I mean, back to the days when wrestling mattered and yes. TNA. You know, that's their that's their phrase, but they do it too. Yeah. It's this authority figure thing just takes away who's running the company. I mean, that's right. like the big story. You know, who's in charge of the company. Instead of, here's what we have to show you. Mm-hmm. Triple H Undertaker. CM Punk Jericho. Rock Triple H. I mean, Rock John Cena. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, Kane Orton. I mean, that, that's what they should focus on. This other stuff is just, it's almost like it's because they're ashamed it's a wrestling company at times. Yeah. And that's why they well, They, they focus too much on the entertainment aspect. Of right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yep. Well, yep. Dave, overall, you were pleased with WrestleMania. I was absolutely. I'll give it an eight and a half out of ten, maybe sure. a nine. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm. Right, I'm looking forward to, to being able to digest some of these matches again. You know, and and really and really kind of take them in over the next few weeks. As as yeah, I, I, sorry to interrupt, no. but I think this is like one of those that once I get it on DVD, I'll be going back to it. Yo, and sure, watching. sure, I mean, definitely. You know, definitely. I have huge. I have a huge wrestling collection of DVDs, yeah. so it's like. You know, this is going to fit right in with all that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. And, 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 uh, and looking forward to seeing where they go with some of these storylines from here. You know, it's, it, like you say, it's that time of the year where they're, they're kind of able to kind of go into a little bit of a lull, but, you know, also start to get some stories going and continue a few that may have, may have spun out of last night. So, um, well, Dave, and thanks. Of course, for- of course, we can't forget the most important match of the night, oh, Kelly Kelly and, uh, no, yeah. we we can easily forget that. So, <laughs> did we talk about that? Not much. We mentioned it briefly. <laughs> so, before you go on off on that crap, no, no, we're done. Let me just say thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Absolutely, about man. This. Uh, glad to have you on Geek Out Loud again. I'm so um, glad to be. When's the vortex coming back? Uh... <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well. Uh, I think the vortex dead. Okay. I mean, it's just right. one of those things where everybody's moved on, and uh, you know, we're not in any kind of location where we can do anything. So, yeah. um, I'm trying to look to uh, future endeavors. I hear you. <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah. Well played. Well, Dave, you, uh, you, you, you're always welcome on Geek Out Loud. And I'm sure we'll have some stuff to talk about soon in the future. Yeah, um, man. Always available continue. for you. We may need to. We may need to try to maybe do a monthly just wrestling segment on here or something. I'd love to. So uh, we'll see about that. We'll talk about that. You can reach us at geekoutonline at gmail dot com. Geekoutonline at gmail dot com or on the Twitter, twitter dot com forward slash geekoutloud. And um, we've even got a Facebook page, facebook dot com forward slash geekoutloud. Once again, thanks to my good friend Dave Jones. Uh, for being with us to talk some wrestling, some wrestling, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Uh, there's so If you could have been in our phone conversation last night, there's so many directions to go in and, and talk things about. But, um, uh, hey, I'm sure it'll happen again sometime. My cousin will get in touch with me and tell me how mad he is that we talk wrestling without him again. But uh, <laughs> that's good. We'd love to hear from everyone. Uh, until next time, don't forget, head over to tinyurl.com forward slash kkjordan. Help her beat her goal uh, out of the water um, for her autism, uh, Walk Now for Autism Speaks event that's coming up uh, toward the end of this month or end of May. Uh, This is Autism Awareness Month, so help out where you can with that. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson, and we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.